everyone. This is Maria Lipman in our Pona's Eurasia podcast featuring a series of discussions about Russia and Eurasia, about the region's politics, and about other Russian-Eurasia-related topics. Back in early 2020, when the world realized the inevitability of the COVID-19 pandemic, people in many countries were anxiously following the news on the vaccine development. Scientists were working against time and a variety of vaccines were developed and manufactured even earlier than expected. Russia's Sputnik was the first vaccine of its type to be registered exactly one year ago in August 2020. Despite criticism related to violations of the clinical trial protocol, Sputnik proved to be an effective vaccine and is currently approved for use in dozens of countries. By the beginning of this year, a variety of vaccines had been developed, tested, and authorized. For a while now, vaccination has been available practically for all, at least in those countries that developed their own vaccines or had the means to provide vaccines for their citizens. It turned out, however, that availability does not solve the problem of mass vaccinations. Today, only a quarter of Russians have been fully vaccinated despite early start. In the United States, this number is just over 50%. In France, it is about 55 In Germany, just under 60%. In all of these countries, all of them badly hit by the pandemic, there is a sizable and often aggressive constituency that is strongly opposed to vaccination. We're going to talk about these constituencies and their resistance with my guests today. Denis Volkov, the director of the Center Polling Agency, is in Moscow. Hello, Denis. Hello. Naira de Vlashan, a Euronews reporter, is based in France. Hello, Naira. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. And Peter Slavin is in Chicago. He's a Northwestern University professor and a New Yorker writer. Peter has recently published several articles in the New Yorker about the opposition to vaccination in the United States. Hello, Peter. Hello, Masha. Peter, my first question is to you. Early on, before the vaccine became available, the atmosphere seemed to be that of impatience in the media, among the people. Is that correct? And did you expect back then that the uh, vaccination would provoke such strong resistance? At the end of last year, it was really exciting. The, the vaccine was greatly anticipated when the first of the vaccines was approved. It seemed a remarkable scientific achievement and all kinds of people in this country couldn't wait to have a chance to get a shot to the extent that people would line up. People were searching for individual appointments to get the vaccine before there was a great supply. It's heartbreaking to speak with nurses, especially who were on the front lines last year and early this year in the winter with so many people dying of COVID complications in the United States. They too thought this was the beginning of the end of the pandemic. They were excited. They felt their war was almost over. There was one nurse I spoke with recently who said, we felt so hopeful back then. And she said, now that that hope is, is gone. So did you expect back then that the uh, resistance to vaccination would become such a problem? No one expected it to be as serious. Uh, as it is, the resistance to be as dramatic as it is. 
no one fully understood, or at least few fully understood just how much resentment there would be toward the government, toward public health officials, toward the very idea of science. It caught an awful lot of people by surprise, not least the Biden administration, which came into office in January, set a goal of having 70% of Americans vaccinated by the summer, only to find that uh, millions and millions of Americans simply refused. Denise, was it like that in Russia? Did you register an atmosphere of impatience? And what was the impact on this atmosphere of the political developments in Russia? In your surveys and focus groups in that early period, what did people say about vaccination? Were they impatient? Well, in our surveys, we didn't see impatience. From the very beginning, we saw that about 60% of Russians opposed uh, a new vaccine. And this figure only now is uh, a little bit decreasing to 55% in a recent couple of months. From the very beginning, there was a very stable sentiment against the vaccine. But I would say that the majority of those who I don't want to get a vaccine in Russia. They're not uh, hardliner active anti-vaxxers. Uh, probably uh, we have 10, 15% of anti-vaxxers, but the remaining people, they are cautious uh, about the new vaccine. They are afraid of using it. Uh, they say that they, it is not fully tested. It is not fully prepared to get. And I would say the government for all these months failed to convince people that actually the vaccine is uh, all right and you can use it and it's uh, good for your health. Only in recent couple of months, it's started to change a little bit. Yeah, we'll certainly get to this recent period, but if we still go back to the early period before vaccination began, before vaccines were available, do you think that political developments in Russia and the rhetoric of government authorities had to do with that absence of even expectations, hopes that vaccine will come and pandemic will slowly go away. Well, from the very beginning on the state-run media and television, there were very mixed messages about vaccination. And there were a lot of talk from famous people like uh, a beloved film director, Nikita Mikhalkov, who was actually sending messages against the vaccine, that it's mastermind by the West, you should not use it. Actually, he vaccinated early in this year, but for a long period of time, he was anti-vaccines and a lot of other famous people, they were against it. And many people were denying the disease itself, that it is very dangerous. Many very popular TV hosts, uh, you know, the Mala show, the medicine-related TV show, and for a long time, she was saying that, well, if you are healthy, if you are leading a health, uh, healthy life, uh, well, it will be not a problem. Uh, COVID will be not a problem. Uh, and a lot of such messages were there on TV and people just get confused. And for a long time, we didn't see a mass campaign for vaccination. I think that the state was maybe not prepared to deliver the vaccines on a mass scale. So they first made the whole system operated and maybe after it only started to 
try to convince people that maybe this is the right moment to do so. But I would say the moment was lost. And many people now cautious even to what the state is, mm. I say, state officials. Penny, uh, bizarre, given that at that same time, Russian scientists were working very hard to develop a Russian vaccine and actually were the first to have it registered in Russia. Peter, what are the United States authorities doing? What have they been doing since the vaccines were available? What have they been doing to increase vaccination rates? The original thought was that the vaccine would become available, people would get it, and there wouldn't be a huge amount of messaging required, which of course turned out to be false. Um, as Denise said, there was a problem here with understandings about the safety of the vaccine. People made a point of the fact that the vaccine was only granted emergency approval by the Food and Drug Administration, the U.S. government agency that oversees pharmaceuticals. They said, well, that means it's really experimental. And pretty quickly, also through some forms of commentary on television, not, not the news reports, and particularly from American politicians, doubts about the vaccine began as well as fears that maybe all isn't right, as well as this idea that many people had that, well, I'm perfectly healthy, so I'm, I'll be fine. So the, the administration, and this is the federal government, but also the state governments and local governments started trying to educate people about the safety of the vaccine. And they have put out every, any, every kind of, of public health message you can imagine They've gone door to door to try to persuade people of the safety of the vaccine and how the danger of COVID is so much more serious than the vaccine itself. Polls here show that particular parts of the population are the most skeptical or in fact, the most resistant to getting the vaccine. This is particularly the political right, the people who are consider themselves conservative Republicans, evangelical Christians, and people who live in the countryside. Most recently, the Biden administration has sent millions of dollars to local rural public health clinics, hoping that people in these small towns can go out and persuade their neighbors because they might be trusted messengers to get the vaccine. But it has been a really big challenge and the government, many local governments have been up against uh, Republican politicians who have not been particularly cooperative in many cases. Okay, Naira, let's get to France now. What was it like early on uh, before the vaccine became available? And what's it like now? What does the French government do to encourage people to get vaccinated? So before the vaccination, I would say that in a group of French people, there was definitely impatience to get the vaccine people were talking about. But it's true that France is the country where vaccine hesitancy is rather high. So groups of people were against the vaccine from the start. A poll in December showed that over 60% of people were not ready to get a vaccine. And now these numbers are down thanks to the actions of the government as well. In some cases, the government is trying to have an information campaign, but I think they're bidding more on the restrictions for the non-vaccinated people. 
So for example, the government has introduced Astanidev. Uh, this is a QR code that you have to show uh, before going to a restaurant, gym, cinema, any public space, basically, to prove that you're not sick with COVID. And this has sparked a lot of criticism from the public. And as you can see, for the past couple of weeks, people have been protesting against the pass sanitaire. Another measure that the government has done is make a vaccination mandatory for health workers. And it turned out that a lot of the health workers were actually vaccine hesitant as well. So the situation in France remains complicated. However, we need to put things into perspective. And, you know, more than 70% of the French population are vaccinated. It's not as if people don't want to get the vaccine. It's just the struggle of uh, the government is rather uh, difficult. Okay, so you mentioned 70%. I found, I think, uh, World Health Organization has the number at 55% for France, but this applies to fully vaccinated people. I think probably 70% are those who had at least one shot. Is that correct? Yes, I have information from the French Toussaint-Covid system that basically monitors on all the shops made in the country. People who received at least one dose of the vaccine. Okay. Okay. So do I understand you correctly that in France, the government is focused more on restrictions imposed on people who have not been vaccinated than on encouraging, persuading, or as Peter mentioned about the United States, sending money to clinics to increase the outreach? Yes, definitely. And we can even see the information campaigns in the streets saying, do you want to go to a party? Get vaccinated and those kind of messaging. So there is definitely the sentiment of, you know, you cannot have a normal life in France right now if you don't have this uh, cure code. So for now, you can either have a cure code or have COVID tests done every, I think uh, they're valid for three days. So you can make COVID tests every three days. For now, they're free. But in the fall, they're going to make it uh, 50 euros each. So basically, it will be even more difficult for people who are hesitant or who don't want to get vaccinated to live in France, actually. Okay. Your QR code, where is it? Is it in your phone? So you always have it on you? Yes. So basically, it's the same system that many European countries have. It's an application that is usually done by, by the government with, with basically with your information about vaccination, which you show at every uh, restaurant or any other public space that you want to enter. Yeah, we have the same system in Russia. I mean, QR codes in your phone, but I'm not sure we have to show it everywhere. Peter, is there um, a system of QR codes in your phone in the United States? This is all such an interesting discussion in this country about who should be telling people to get vaccinated versus those who might try to persuade them. And what do you have to show to prove it, if anything? We do not have a system of QR codes here, believe it or not. We have little paper cards, paper, really slips of paper that we're given once we are vaccinated that we can either carry around or take photos of on our, our phone, but we don't have a, a QR code. That said, increasingly, not the government, but private businesses, schools, universities require 
Americans or people going places in the United States to show that they are vaccinated. The other day we went to a concert by the singer Patti Smith and no one could go to the concert unless they were able to show their card or a photo of their card. At Northwestern University where I teach, all students are required to be vaccinated. In Chicago public schools, all workers and staff are required to be vaccinated, but you don't have the federal government that is President Biden's administration, requiring vaccine mandates. And the reason is that many people think it wouldn't work, that if the U.S. government tells you you must do something, then there must be something wrong, that it's a form of tyranny. And you have many Republicans, again, on the far right saying, well, if they tell me to do something, I'm certainly not going to. Denise, does it sound familiar to you? Uh, because the government is telling you to do something you won't? Well, here in Russia, the situation is contradictory, I would say. Of course, there is maybe one quarter of population who don't want to get vaccinated. Also, if the, the government will tell them. But for part of uh, our respondents, part of uh, our citizens, we see that idea of mandatory vaccination is not that bad because it has these people, they speak about the reminiscence of the Soviet times and uh, on focus groups, they used to say that, well, the mandatory vaccination means that the disease is uh, really dangerous. So if the state is taking responsibility, if the state is saying that it is mandatory and uh, it means that the disease is dangerous, uh, these people will answer to this measure. Uh, and also there is maybe 10, 15% uh, of people who will yield to the pressure. They say that uh, they themselves will not uh, take vaccine. But if the state will ask and if there will be the situation when this uh, certificate is needed, for example, at work or for, for travel or uh, to enter certain buildings, governmental buildings and so on, they will do it, but only if the state will take uh, this responsibility. And so we see that attitudes towards the mandatory vaccination is mixed. There is still a lot of uh, people who oppose it. Anyway, because they feel that it's not the uh, right time to get vaccinated. But at the same time, we see that the certain groups are already yielding to this pressure. And what the government is doing, it is started with the certain groups, not the whole population, but certain groups of population, certain regions, they are just doing uh, bit by bit. Okay, so let us now talk about uh, those particular constituencies that are opposed and sometimes aggressively opposed to vaccination. Peter, can you please talk about the places that you've visited recently where opposition to vaccination is especially strong? Yes, this is one of the, the, the very interesting things. Denise is talking about this, the state, and here there are many states, right? There are many pieces of the government doing very different things. So you have the federal government trying to get the message out, but reluctant to impose mandates. You have certain Republican governors in individual states who are saying that you cannot have mandates of any kind. And now you have school districts and city councils saying, oh, no, no, to protect our citizens, to protect our children, you must have a mandate either to wear a mask or to get a vaccine. So it's very sort of complicated and in some cases contradictory. 
And I went to fairly recently, well, last month, I went to Missouri, which is in the center of the country, uh, a cons- politically conservative state where the Delta variant has been quite serious, killing many, many people. And what I found, particularly in talking with nurses, was as I had mentioned before, that sense of hope that has gone away and they're finding themselves working terrible hours and day after day after day saying goodbye to patients or being with patients as they said goodbye over their iPhones and iPads to their their families. And the stories they tell of the denial of COVID are so dramatic and so very sad. There was one nurse, it's it's very rare once someone has been intubated with a with an oxygen tube for them to come off of that ventilator and survive. And so when it happens at this one hospital, they played the Beatles song, Here Comes the Sun over the uh, loudspeaker. And one nurse said um, at one hospital, she, she wrote, that they were so excited when someone came off the ventilator. It was a woman who had been on a ventilator for 31 days and she recovered. And as she was getting oriented, as they pulled out the tube and told her that she was in the intensive care unit and she had COVID and she was going to survive, the woman looked perplexed and they couldn't figure it out. And when she could speak, the woman said, oh, COVID isn't real. You did it to me. (laughs) And over and over, these nurses say that people who have COVID, their relatives say, well, what do I really have? And why don't you treat me with the drugs that work? And they think that the hospitals are making money off of this or that it's a big conspiracy. And and also, it, it it is certainly true, as others have said, that some people don't know what to believe. I mean, they're not, for ideological reasons, resisting the vaccine. Some of these people, they just don't know whom to trust. In uh, one of your articles, you use this uh, expression that those who are opposed to vaccination, giving a middle finger to authority. I now would like to ask, Naira, do you think that this can be a factor in France? Do you think this can be a motive for those who are opposed to vaccination, giving a middle finger to authority? I think distrust uh, in the government is definitely a big factor in France. Yeah, I, th- I think that a lot of the people who are against uh, mandatory vaccination for people, for health workers, a lot of the people that go out in the rallies, take it to the streets now. They have also participated in other movements such as, you know, yellow vests in the recent years. And this distrust in government definitely plays a big, big role. Already the first anti-COVID measures were very unpopular. France has seen one of the strictest lockdowns and curfews in Europe, but it hasn't showed exemplary results in battling COVID. So the numbers were still as high as in other European states. And this, of course, uh, raised questions. And together with the restrictions now, basically people are calling Macron's government a Nazi regime maybe a little far-fetched, but definitely there is this sentiment that people feel like their personal freedoms are being uh, taken away by these measures. And there is definitely a lot of resentment against the government. And it seems that uh, the rallies that you mentioned have gone on for quite a while, right? Several weeks already or some such. Well, I I, I can uh, drink that the French would uh, rally for anything. (laughs) 
But yes, it's true. <laughs> but if we speak seriously, yes, uh, definitely the rallies have been going on for weeks, uh, if not for months now. And uh, people are concerned that the government is going towards forced vaccination, if I can say so. They're going towards mandatory vaccination and a lot of people are concerned by this. 16% uh, of people in France, according to recent polls, really don't want to get vaccinated. So the anti-vax uh, sentiments are really strong in the country. And even the people who aren't vaccinated, they don't understand QR codes and mandatory vaccination either. A lot of the people who are not against vaccines uh, are against this so-called, you know, dictatorship in their rights, you know, and they see it as a violation of their personal rights for freedom. You mentioned the accusations of Macron government as, uh, as a Nazi government, of course, very far bad. But I think I read somewhere that there is an anti-Semitic element to the anti-vaccination movement. Is that right? So, I mean, any good conspiracy theory has an anti-Semitic idea in it. And I think anti-vax theories aren't an exception. And it's something that we see all around the world. In France, what can be different and what is probably different is that anti-Semitic movements in general infiltrate protests. And they're very visible. We saw this during the BLM movement, during the Yellow Vest protests and others. In general, you can see anti-Semitic slogans and symbols in most big protests, is my point. And the anti-vax protests have an additional layer of conspiracy theories. So, for example, there would be uh, signs with the, word, with the word key, that means who. And it's actually a coded reference to Jews who are accused of spreading COVID propaganda or uh, profiting from vaccination campaigns, then this is something unrelated. But because many compare Macron's measures to the Nazi regime, protesters would be wearing yellow stars with a retinal on it, like, I'm not vaccinated. And of course, some Jewish people find this offensive. But to be fair, the Fran French government takes this sign seriously. And recently, the interior minister said that the, these cases will be investigated and the offenders will be pursued. Okay. So, Denise, uh, in sheer numbers, in Russia, there are more people opposed to vaccination or there are fewer people who have been vaccinated. This is certainly true. I will remind that a quarter of the Russian population has been vaccinated compared to over 50% in Europe and the United States. But unlike the United States or France, we barely have politicians or the official figures make public statements. I mean, these days, early on, you mentioned that Nikita Mikhailkov spoke against it and there were also others. But these days, it seems that here in the anti-vaccination initiative statements from public figures. So why are people still so staunchly opposed, even though, if you agree, I think the government has actually launched a rather powerful campaign lately to persuade people to get vaccinated? Well, partly, I think it is the question of trust, which Peter and Naira was uh, talking about. We see that people who do not trust the government, that more of them do, are not ready to get vaccine because they are ready to accuse the government of uh, corruption, of trying to sell 
all this equipment, masks, gloves, and so on to, to people, and there is no disease at all. And so they do not believe in good intentions of the government, and they are not ready to follow the advice of the government. But also, I think that the, the moment was lost and the, the campaign should have started uh, much earlier. And also, we do not have uh, big restrictions in Russia. We only had uh, a quarantine in spring and uh, beginning of summer of uh, last year. And then already by autumn of last uh, year, the president said, well, it's over. We, we have won over the COVID and the battle is over and uh, there was no restrictions, big restrictions, maybe some restrictions in Moscow in several uh, regions, but not to match uh, the quarantine that we had last year. So this is a very different situation uh, if we compare with, for example, France. And it does not help to convince people that the situation is serious and they should get their vaccines to protect themselves. So again, very confused messages in Moscow, for example. We had uh, QR codes for two weeks and then they were cancelled. So no codes are needed anymore and people only felt confused. So why you introduce the system and then only in, in two weeks you cancel it. So it doesn't help to convince people. And maybe what else president was not very convincing and very hesitant to, to say what vaccine he used or whether or not he got his vaccine. Many of our respondents were not confident that he even got it. And only a couple of months, he finally uh, said that he got Sputnik. So very an inconsistent campaign to convince people to get vaccinated. Peter, what about the political factor? Do you see a correlation between a person's politics and his desire or reluctance to get vaccinated? Yes, Macha, the, the numbers are very dramatic. There was a Washington Post poll in July that showed that 93% of Democrats said they have either gotten the vaccine or they will. 49% of Republicans said the same thing. You are seeing the political polarization playing a huge role in what's happening with the vaccine and in particular, the reluctance of so many people to get the vaccine. What's really disheartening and, and to many people infuriating are the Republican leaders who are running for reelection next year, who are playing to the crowd, who are, um, smart enough to know what the science says. The science is crystal clear that the vaccine is, is valuable, that the side effects are minimal for almost everyone. But in this country where the electorate is so polarized and particularly Republican voters who decide who the Republican candidates will be for major offices, many of these leaders are either afraid of their constituents or afraid of losing. And so even though they know better, they are arguing against vaccine mandates and are not coming out and saying, yes, I got the vaccine. Yes, it is the right thing to do. Naira, is there a political factor like that at play in France? Is there a correlation between a person's politics and his desire or reluctance to get vaccinated? I would say there is because uh, a lot of the people who take part in the protest against uh, Pass Sanitaire 
are either people from the far right movements or far left movements. And uh, I would also say that, interestingly, one of the biggest opponents to Macron in upcoming presidential elections, Marine Le Pen, interestingly, she, she did get vaccinated and she tries to not take part uh, in the anti-vax discourse. So I would say that, uh, yes, it does matter, but maybe other factors are more uh, prominent, such as, you know, education or such as, you know, income. I, I would say they're more prominent. How does income affect one's desire or opposition to vaccination? So basically the figures show that people in the cities have more vaccination coverage than people in the suburbs. Polls also show that richer North has more vaccine coverage than the South. And um, th there is a there is a social economic factor to to the vaccination. In this, of course, in Russia, we basically no longer have competitive politics. But are there um, any parameters, maybe social parameters, that help you determine whether or not a person is opposed to vaccination or is willing to get vaccinated? Is it education? Is it age? Is it income? Is there anything to predict, at least with some certainty, a person's perception, a person's attitude to, to vaccination? Actually, these parameters are much the same as in other countries. We see that better educated people, they are more willing to um, get vaccines. Also, we see that older generation who feel more vulnerable to this disease, to this virus, they are more ready to get vaccinated. And uh, younger generations, they don't think it is a big deal. And uh, maybe example from the focus group of um, last year, I was uh, doing focus groups with younger people, with older people and uh, older focus group, they, at the very beginning, they themselves put on the masks. And with younger generation, I had to ask them and, uh, to just please put on your masks first and then restart. So this is the, the same, I think, in other countries. And the main indicator, I think, I was talking about it, is the trust in the government, in Putin, in uh, uh, Prime Minister Mishustin. So there are those who have trust in government, they more readily uh, go and get other expense. And actually, uh, we think that though there is no a lot of politics going on in Russia, uh, still we see that during the elections, maybe the communists try to use this card and uh, try to accumulate the protest vote and uh, the opposition to the vaccination as well, though these attempts are rather timid because politicians are not very courageous here in uh, Russia to oppose the mainstream which is provided by United Russia Party, but by, by Putin himself. And uh, the state is now at least trying to send this message that it is important to get vaccinated. Okay, this was actually my last question, the factor of elections. In Russia, the elections are less than one month away. We're talking about parliamentary election to the Russian Duma. And in the U.S., I think primaries will start in about one year from now. Is that correct, Peter? And uh, is it a factor? Is it a factor in the vaccination policy and uh, attitude to vaccinations? Yes. The next year is an election year. So every member of the House of Representatives is up, plus one third of the Senate and many, many governorships. 
It is clear that that the vaccine mandates and the, the handling of COVID will be a factor in the elections, but it's still unclear how exactly it will play. It is clear that that many Republican leaders, again, looking to the primaries where Republicans are choosing their nominees, are speaking out against government mandates. They're talking about personal responsibility, defending liberty, and so on. But what happens in November when Democrats run against Republicans uh, remains to be seen. In Florida, there's a very ambitious politician who's the governor, Ron DeSantis. He is a major Trump supporter. He has been cavalier about the COVID pandemic. He has resisted mandates. He has not spoken up in important ways in defense of public health. He also is believed to want to run for president, perhaps as soon as 2024. And his popularity has actually declined recently as the numbers of people infected with the Delta variant are going up. So we'll see. Okay. Thank you all very much. I think one conclusion that we can take away from this discussion is that vaccinations, vaccines looked to be a solution early on and already a long time since the beginning of the pandemic and sometimes since the vaccines became available. It doesn't look like vaccinations will be such a good solution to the pandemic. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.